The following episode of TOEFOP is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, sexual references, a sex scene, prison rape, time travel, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. Hello and welcome to TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. Oh, I'm Will Anderson. You sound exhausted, man. I am exhausted. What, what, what's going on? It was Gemma's birthday last night, so uh, her Jesus year. Can a girl have a Jesus year? Yeah, of course. So she's going to get crucified in the next six months? Um, I don't know. She'll be, she'll be betrayed by one of her best friends. Yeah. One of, the, one of her 12 best friends will betray her <laughs> for 30 pieces of silver. Although with girls, like it won't be, a, it won't be like an obvious betrayal. It'll just be like a start bitching about it behind her back. It'll be like a slow word of mouth campaign. Or it, like girls, what it'll actually be is one of her friends will betray her. And then uh, a couple of days later, they'll forget that's yeah, ever that's happened. Right. <laughs> it'll be the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. And they'll crucify her. Yeah. And then like two days later, they'll be like, hey, we should invite Jem to this thing. No, you'll be at a party. And uh, I mean, but this is probably the way, that, way it went down with Jesus is Judas probably started talking shit about Jesus. And then they were at a party one night and, you know, Jesus and Judas went off into a room to have it out. And everyone's like, oh, don't go in there. Jesus and Judas, they're, they're just sort of having a DNM. I recommend Jesus. Like, it would have been one of those things where... Uh, you know, because like Jesus, obviously, fucking great guy. Like, <laughs> you know, whether you're into religion or not, the mm. stories of Jesus are predominantly positive stories. Yeah. Like as an, a non-believer myself, I always thought, you know, Jesus. Yeah, you got problems with his dad, mm. but he seems like a decent guy. There was lots of stuff about the Bible that I didn't dig, mm. but most of what Jesus did mm. and what most of his attitudes to like, you know, getting along with everybody and do unto others and all that sort of shit, yeah. I was into, right? Mm. And like, you know, he wore sandals all the time. He had a cool beard, possibly. Married. Yeah, that's right. You know, hung out with his mates all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. Like, I Went mean. Fishing a lot. Yeah, there was a lot to like about Jesus yeah. is what I'm saying. You know, he had a little posse of whores. <laughs> it was nice, right? <laughs> But, um, you know, but he was so good, yeah. Jesus, mm. that occasionally, no matter how good someone is, if you're in his posse, mm. eventually there's got to be a point when Jesus is out of the room where the other guys, the other disciples are like, yeah. want to, at least one of them wants to start, like, start bitching about Jesus. Yeah. But it'd be really tough. Yeah, because he's such a nice guy. Yeah. I mean, it is like that when you have like a, because you can play, when you've got a friend who is a nice guy, that is a criticism you level up them. It's like, oh, he's just such a nice guy. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like, that is actually a criticism of someone. They're just so, they're too nice. Do you reckon that somebody, that's how it started with Judas? Yeah. He was like, do you feel like Jesus is too nice? Yeah. What's he hiding? Yeah, what is he hiding? (laughs) Why is he so nice all the time? Like, no one is that nice. He's got to have some dark shit going on, right? (laughs) Yeah, so we, uh, we went out last night. We got, um, it's such a Sydney moment. We were at this bar that we'd sort of reserved. And um, it was like a rooftop bar. We'd been there in the afternoon. Yeah. And then as the night got on, the manager came over and said, oh, look, we've actually had another booking come in. Do you mind if we just kind of shift you guys to this corner and, you know, this other group in? We're like, yeah, that's fine. By that stage, our group had thinned out a bit anyway. Yeah. Um, and then they started letting like more and more people in. And it was this entire kind of Sydney fashionista crowd. Like, you remember... Like when I first moved up here about 10 years ago, that was like the, the when Subi's reign was supreme. Like, yeah. you know, they're the kind of uh, organization that would have a party on like a, an abandoned warehouse, yep. you know, and they would hire homeless people to come in on roller skates. Yep. It was always like the parties to be. And they'd be eating rats. 
Yeah, it's just like something really weird, but like it was so fucking weird that it was cool and you never yep. quite knew if it was weird or cool and yep. so you just assumed that like every weirdo you met was probably an artist or a, design, a fashion designer yep. or something like that. Totally. So it's those guys, but 10 years on, those guys haven't changed. No. Like they, none of them had jobs. Like I remember like talking to those guys and I don't know what they did within the organisation. They just seemed to work for, you know, work in fashion. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. Everyone seemed to work in fashion. I assume, that, I think that's probably the, as close an, an Australian equivalent to entourage because in Australia you don't really meet anyone who has like an entourage, like the American yeah. entourage, just like blokes who just hang around. Yeah. You know, you hear those stories about like Mike Tyson or whatever. Mm. And the problem with Mike Tyson was that he had like 20 people, 20 guys and, yeah. who were just hanging out with Mike Tyson. Yeah. That or was their MC, job. Or MC Hammer was yeah. the famous one. He had like an entourage of 200 people at one stage, apparently. Apparently Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Like Eddie Murphy, just like he was 21 and he was Eddie Murphy and he had like mm. 12 guys who's, who just hung out with Eddie Murphy. I heard that about Leo actually. Someone was telling me last night that um, Leo literally has an entourage. Someone was saying that uh, a girlfriend of theirs went on a date with this guy who's working for Leo while he's out here doing Gatsby. And um, they went around to his place and all he, and he literally has like about 10 mates who just, he flies out. It's part of his contract. They hang out with him. And she said it was like, uh, it's like they sit, Leo doesn't say much, but the guys will sit around and they pump, their job is to kind of pump Leo up. Like, hey man, let's go out. The Sydney's your town, man. You own this town. It's your town. It's your town. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they're like motivational kind of, guys. It's like the no Gary, no. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> go Leo, go. Yeah. It's like the opposite of the Nicorette yeah. dudes. And they're just there to get Leo in because otherwise he'd just have to brood moodily in a corner in his own house. Well, you know how you're saying like the the, the, the disciples would have been suspicious of Jesus being so nice. Like if your friends, like just say me and like, you know, your t- 10 of your mates were constantly giving you encouragement yeah. and telling you you owned a town. Yeah. Wouldn't it at some stage you'd get suspicious? Like in the same way that you'd question Jesus, you'd be like, what, what's up? Why? Like, why are my friends constantly telling me how great I am? Yeah, but I don't think Jesus was like paying those guys to hang out with him. Like, well, I don't know Leo is either. I think these are like his friends. And but, do they, but they they, benefit, they probably ser- serve like PA roles or yeah, something. Yeah, they benefit from the Leo largesse. Yes. I'm guessing Leo pays for most of the stuff and whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Leo's posse. Maybe that's what it was like with Jesus. Yeah. Like each of them had a role. Like well, the, well, one of the disciples been... was like Turtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have talked about this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can imagine Jesus never paid for a meal. Like he'd just go into a restaurant. It's like, you know, you get the best table. Yeah. You know, all the fish and loaves you can eat. <laughs> what would he... Well, you wouldn't really need to go to a restaurant. He could just go to a shit restaurant and turn it into yeah. food. <laughs> Let's go somewhere cheap and get a bowl of rice and I'll well, turn it. Well, if he was smart, he would have, because you know, all celebrities franchise now into restaurants yeah. like Justin Timberlake and Mark Wahlberg. Jesus was probably in the middle of setting up like a restaurant deal yeah. before he got crucified. Jesus burgers. Yeah, that's right. Like that. I, only bread and fish. Yeah. <laughs> that's his angle. I love it. <laughs> I did know a guy. Take this burger. It is my body. <laughs> Can I have the McJesus? Can you upsize that to a McGod? I thought it was a Mc, I thought it was cow's body. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. 100% no. Jesus. <laughs> 100%. We make our patties with 100% Jesus. <laughs> it's on the packaging. And then but that, you, that wouldn't actually really be Jesus. That would be a trademark yeah, right. that they got. Yeah, yeah. And this, this certain sort, sort of cow is just called 100% Jesus. Jesus yeah. <laughs> and then in a few years, they want to bump their marketing. It's got the yeah. Angus Jesus burger yeah. as well. <laughs> Everything's better Scottish. Yeah. And and there's some other religion that's like, you know, the Buddha is better at... <laughs> <laughs> I did know a guy who I won't name who uh, was a PA to a, an American um, celeb when he came out to do a film a few years ago. And his job was basically just to make sure this guy, you know, got to set on time, you know, knew he could get things around town, that kind of stuff. And the spillover 
for sex was enormous. Like he got so much kind of consolation sex because, you know, they'll they go to a, a bar, they'd be yeshing to a VIP area, a bunch of girls would come on and try and get the star's attention and my friend would just scoop up, you know, if, say, there was five candidates, he would scoop up, you know, one of the four. Yeah. One of the four who didn't get in. Well, I suppose if you're like, if you're doing, you know, your guy's taxes, you're getting his laundry, you know, he's not going to have time to do all those girls either. He's like, guys, uh, today what I need you to do yeah. is uh, book me in for a hair appointment, uh, go and pick up the car from where I'm getting it detailed and have, have sex, sex with those three girls that I won't get to yeah. because I just don't have the time. I am flat out. But I, I don't understand the mentality of the girl in that scenario. Like, you know, if you really want a Ferrari, right? Yeah. And, you know, you, you don't have the money for it, but there's a chance you could get given or at least a test drive in a yeah. Ferrari. And the Ferrari, you don't get a test drive it, but there's a Toyota Corolla. Yeah. You can take that for a spin if you want. Yeah. No, what you've really got is a guy in a Toyota Corolla, but he's got a Ferrari hat. <laughs> that like one like those guys got the key rings, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, I, I kind of, I've been thinking about this a little bit recently because I've had a, a tough year where I haven't got everything that I committed to done. Like against my best efforts, I've been trying really hard. And it's been a bit like this with the podcast. We've just had, haven't, been a, haven't been, been, had time yeah. to do it because I've just been so fucking busy. And I was saying to someone the other day that I was saying before I go overseas again, that I have to do my tax and I have to do all these like things that I just have not had the time to do. And I said, I wish I could just concentrate on, you know, doing my work, working on my show and writing my new thing and blah, blah, blah. And they said, mate, you should get a PA. Yeah. And I'm like, that just seems like, you know, they're like. Bastion of the wanker. Yeah, getting a PA. Yeah. And and they said, but what you're saying is that you don't want to do boring, mundane shit that you're not getting to and you want to concentrate on your career. That's what a PA is for. Yeah, yeah. That is the exact job of a PA. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't even know, like. How, how, how does it, when does it um, breach, uh, breach, when does it sort of transition into kind of like. When you have sex with them. No, 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 no. <laughs> a court case. When does it transition <laughs> into a court like case? The, the Jude Law, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, David Beckham. No, I'm thinking more like, uh, like how much do you involve them in your day-to-day affairs? Like I can understand, uh, can you book this meeting? Uh, you know, can you uh, get me a flight here? Can you, you know, organize a hotel there? But stuff like, can you pick up my laundry? Can you, um, you know, buy my daughter flowers? Yeah. Uh, can you remind me of my wife's anniversary? Years, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, is is that part of the job description? The PA does everything? I don't really know, but right. they, they certainly there is PAs who do all that sort of stuff. Like the ones that I know and the people I was talking to it about, like uh, both Russell and Todd who do my TV mm. show, um, uh, they're, uh, for people who don't know the show, they're advertising guys. And they both run massive, yeah. you know, That'd advertising companies. Assistant, well, uh, Russell has a PA in Melbourne and in Sydney. Yeah, right. Like, but, you know, they're, they're his PAs and they're pretty much on call to, they'll come into the show, you yeah. know, and, and hang out and get him stuff and yeah. and whatever. So I assume that the role must be, you're a real all-rounder. Yeah. Like, you know, one day you probably get to do something really fucking cool yeah. and then the next day it really is buy goldfish my, my daughter or something. And, what, and what's the uh, career progression of the PA? Like, can you become like, are there career PAs? They must be. I guess so, yeah. Because like, like any other job, but I don't even know how you... Like, how do you pay someone? You go, how do you say, like, this way? How do you value it, yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, I guess there's just a, an amount of money and, like, you, yeah, like any other job. Amount. Yeah. And I guess there's probably some cool things about it because, like, you know, if I had a PA, like, I mean, I guess I would take them to, you know, cool events or to, to festivals or to whatever. Yeah. And they might, if they were into the sort of thing I'm into, then. It is one of those, it is one of those kind of, like, if you had a daughter. And straight out of like high school, you know, she said, oh, I'm going for a job as a PA. There's a guy who's ever like, like, it's the yeah. kind of job where, you know, you'd be like, I don't think you should be doing that. Like, it's just, 
it, it's sort of, it, it seems like it can go wrong in so many ways. Uh, and the other thing is, I'm not sure, because I'm quite a solitary guy, yeah. like I'm not sure that I want to pay someone <laughs> to be around me all the time, you know? Yeah, that's like, true. For me, like I would firstly have to go, so I guess that's why it ends up being guys who are already your mates mm. end up filling those roles. Yeah, you're because you've gone... I can already hang out with this guy all the time yeah. and he can – I mean, Justin Hamilton and I, Justin tours with me as my support act mm. and he's a much better comedian than that than needs to do support for me. Yeah. But he does it because we're friends and yeah. we get to hang out and kind of, you know, yeah, we, we, we travel around together. So I guess you just go, you know, maybe one of your friends is like – Yeah. I mean, if I had heaps of money, say, say just like something bizarre happened and something I did like was a big worldwide success and then suddenly everyone's like, you know mm. – like I could see the appeal of like spending some of that money just to employ your friends, employ my friends yeah. to come and hang out and and maybe do what they do already, yeah. but just do it, you know, on a bigger well, scale. Does, I mean, I do it all the time. Like when I when I'm uh, producing jobs, like you know, if there's a, a certain role that needs to be filled, like you know, I don't necessarily always go to the kind of agency directory. If I know someone personally who can do the job, I'll call them up, and even if they're not like a hundred percent qualified, but they can still do it. Like you know, I'll give them the job. Yeah. Oh, are they- <laughs> but this is not relating to uh, things that require medical expertise yeah. <laughs> or OHS or yeah. anything like that. Oh, yeah. Tax. Um, <laughs> Graham watches heaps of all saints. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be greatness. Yeah. Uh, if it is, I- I'm not as qualified stuntman, but I did watch The Fall Guy a lot. Yeah. And that, I think that would be weird for me, like, if I had a PA, because, like, one day it really would be, can you get all my receipts together and send them to my accountant? And the next day it would be, can you please look up, um, you know, parody videos of two girls, one cup on YouTube all day because <laughs> I need to write something about it in some comedy sketch. So uh, I guess it would be a wide-ranging job. I don't know who would. Uh, there's, I, I worked with um, uh, Amanda Sante, one of my first ever acting jobs, and he was uh, – he no, I, I sorry, I, I know that name, but I can't remember who's Amanda Sante. Oh God, I can't. Well, what's um, what's his Mambo Kings? Is his big? It's probably his most famous film with right. uh, Terry ben, uh, Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Um, he played the bad guy in Judge Dredd. That's probably where you best know him. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's half brother. Yeah, He's right. kind of a, a Latino, like handsome kind of guy. By the time he got to doing this telly movie in Australia, I think. He was well, let's just the, say the, it was the heady peaks of being the villain in Judge Dredd yeah. and Mumbo Kings yeah. had, had passed. Yeah, yeah. He was, How big was Amanda Sate's uh, posse? Yeah, well, he had he had quite a few, but his cousin was his PA. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? He had like a, a really like American sounding name, like Mac or yeah. something like that. Like it was, he was so American. But he would literally like, um, you know, everyone else would sort of walk to set, but Amanda would be sort of driven to set in like a, you know, like a luxury car and had this amazing. He was a strange. Dude, like, uh, I remember that was my first ever time on set, my first ever job. And um, uh, we turned up. It was uh, On the Beach. Do you know the plot of On the Beach? It's about uh, a submarine that arrives in Australia because the rest of the world has been wiped out by nuclear war. And yeah. sort of, you know, the fallout is encroaching. So, right. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a TOEFOP episode. <laughs> <laughs> it does, actually. So, Amanda Sante, uh, in the original film, because they shot the original film in Australia with Gregory Peck and I think Ava Gardner. Yep. There's a very famous quote from Ava Gardner saying, if you're going to make a film about the end of the world, then Australia's the place to do it, or Melbourne's the place to do it, yeah, or something whatever, like that. Whatever, Ava. Yeah, what a bitch. Uh, so, Gregory Peck played the, the original role. So, Amanda Sante, natural, no. natural choice to play, uh, yep. to play the TV version. Yeah. But um, the, the scene... We had- I know a lot of people uh, looked at Amanda Sante in Mumbo Kings and said, he's a modern day Gregory Peck. <laughs> The scene we had to do was uh, I was a sailor who had gone AWOL and I'd been brought back onto the ship for him to sort of like, you know. And in the script, 
it was written like that, you know, because the character, the Amanda Sunday character is meant to be like this noble, you know, the leader of this boat and, you know, does right by his men, you know, really sort of, man, a few words, but, you know, very moral. Yeah. Um, so this scene, he's meant to sort of say, you know, you guys have deserted. Look, if you don't want to be on this ship, then that's your choice. But, you know, you're not going to endanger my men. And, you know, he kicks us off. And it's this sort of fairly sort of talky scene. So we get on set and um, we're ready to start just rehearsing the lines while they're setting up the camera. And uh, Aman starts doing his lines. And as he's talking, I'm like, oh, fuck, did I get sent, like, the wrong script? Because he's not saying oh, he's anything not- that was in the script I read. And do you have to, like, respond to any of this? Or is well, it just this is the thing, speech? because it's my first time. I didn't, so I was, like, waiting for... Because I'd memorised, okay, the last line, is, you know, he sent it before my line is... So I'm waiting for it. But he starts pacing back and forth. And he's turned this speech from this, you know, the, this boat captain into like, it's like something from Friday Night Lights. He's now pacing back and forth and he does this improvised speech. It goes along the lines of, he says, um, what's the story here? Uh, he goes, uh, we follow orders. We follow orders. Oh, someone dies. Uh, you know what? If you don't want to be on my boat, I'll fucking rip your head off and pile drive you off this boat. I don't need anyone on this boat that doesn't want to be on this boat. Now get out here. If you don't get off my boat, I'll rip you an asshole, son, the size of that which you did not know you were. And then there's just dead silence. And I'm like, is that my line? <laughs> and so we've come over and we've got to do it again. And he's done that sound again. And I, and I said to the director, this isn't in the script. And he's like, oh, no, a man's being changed yeah. in the words. Mm. He kept repeating that line. I will rip you an asshole, son. Yeah. The size of that which you did not know you were. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, is he saying? Get off my boat or I'll rip you an asshole the size of that which you did not know you were. Yeah. Well, firstly, obviously, he was, you know, a modern-day philosopher, Amanda Sunday. He was speaking in sort of Confucius-esque riddles. Mm. Uh, but I would suggest that what he was trying to imply was he was going to rip you an arsehole, yes. uh, the size of which you, being an arsehole, did oh, not know that you were. That's very clever. <laughs> that's very clever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so that's the kind of... Uh, you being a massive arsehole. <laughs> yeah. He was going to rip you also a massive arsehole. He also, because uh, there's another actor in this scene, another guy playing an AWOL sailor, and uh, he spontaneously, one of the takes, put this guy in a headlock and threw him down the galleyway onto the fucking dock. And he wasn't meant to be doing... The, no, he wasn't meant to be doing that. And so the, they didn't have a stuntman? But, no, but the problem was, once you've done that once... For you have to do it every time. You have to do it every time. And I remember this fucking actor turning in saying, we're getting paid like 270 bucks to be here. <laughs> like, it's not worth getting beaten up by Amanda Sante. Um, have you seen Friends with Benefits? Is it it's the, the Justin Timberlake Millicunas. It's the remake of the one with Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher that came out like six months beforehand. Yeah, Is that right. Yeah. No strings attached. No strings attached. It's it's exactly the same film. Yeah, right. basically. I haven't seen either. It's a better. It's okay. a better version. I'm going to say something that may seem quite controversial. Okay. And in fact, I know that I'm probably putting my reputation on the line to even admit this out loud. But can I can I guess what you're going to? Okay. Are you going to say something nice about Justin Timberlake? Uh, I'm going to say something nice about a few things. Okay. All right. The first nice thing I'm going to say is that. No strings attached is not as bad as you would think it would be. I only watched it because Natalie Portman was going to be bony heaps in it. Right. And you know that in a sex comedy, some of that's going to be involving Natalie Portman saying sexy things and being sexy. Yeah. Yeah, So to me, if I shut one eye, that's essentially the world's greatest porno. Yeah, yeah. Like as long as I don't have to see too much of Ashton and I get to see a lot of Natalie Portman being sexy or having sex – that's a bonus for yeah. me. That's why, that's why Black Swan is possibly the greatest film ever made. Exactly. <laughs> Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman having sex. They could have just shown that for two hours mm. and it would have been an Oscar winner. Yeah. <laughs> Might still be an Oscar winner. 
Oh, it wasn't a Scottish. You won an Oscar. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, the Academy agrees with me. Yeah, exactly. They were like, this is brilliant. Yeah. It's even better than the one where you had sex with Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, the second uh, film uh, Friends is with Benefits. Friends with Benefits with right. Justin Timberlake and uh, uh, Mila. Mila Kunis. And I only watched that today on the plane because I just came back from New Zealand. And uh, it is better than No Strings Attached. They're yeah. both... As romantic comedies go, they're both pretty fun comedies. And I watched, of course, uh, Friends with Benefits for the exact same reason that I watched No yeah, Strings Attached. There's a chance to see Mila Kunis. Yeah. And who got, who got more nude? Well, here's what I'm going to – this is what I'm going to say to oh, you. Oh, okay. Like, I, I, I enjoyed Friends with Benefits more because, to be honest, um, Justin Timberlake, you know, if I'm going to look at either Ashton Kutcher or Justin Timberlake yeah. nude – no. I'm going to go with Justin Timberlake. Yeah, and, and he's and he's and he's a good actor. He is a good actor. He's very yeah. charming. That's what I was going to say before. Like I, yeah. I'm always quick to defend him. People love to slam him for trying to act, but he's actually pretty good. Like he's, he's better Alpha, than Alpha Dog. It's a really he's really yeah. good in that. It's a good movie. Well, he's very charming in this. He plays that sort of cocky, but like you know, you buy it. Yeah, you buy that he is the thing, and they, they do a couple of really funny things in it. Spoiler alert for No Strings Attached. <laughs> He'd be really. Hang on, wait. Friends, we're getting confused. Are we friends with about- benefits. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um. Uh, sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so spoiler alert for friends with benefits. Um. Is that um. There's a kind of fun um crisscross jump jump, and he dances and raps the jump oh, jump, cool. and you're like, he just you buy it because yeah. you know he's just because you saw him do it with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, um, uh, it's sexier. Yeah. Too. And Mila Kunis is like, she is incredibly attractive. Attractive. <laughs> like, but also so sexy and flirty and charming, right? But there's a scene, one scene in particular, because she doesn't show her breasts at all. In the ah. film, right? <laughs> there's a lot of hinted nudity. Ah! There's a lot of Justin Timberlake's ass. <laughs> but. <laughs> 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 You're like, he did bring sexy back. Um, and uh, there's a scene when she's going back to bed and you see her perfectly naked from the back. Right. Is it definitely her though? Well, this is what I was going to oh, ask. Okay. This is exactly the moment because I was, I mean, after I'd replayed it three or four times on the plane, which is hard to do with a little rewind one thing on the plane <laughs> thing, but I did it anyway. I didn't care that the guy next to me thought I was a pervert because <laughs> I, I kept replaying the last thing. I'm like, I, I weighed up him thinking I was a pervert v me wanting to see it again. So I rewound it, but there was a definite cut in between her, the back of her walking back and then her being in bed. There was definitely definitely a cut. Body double. Body double, right? Because why would you, if you're the director, you you want that, if you're going to get Mila Kunis nude, you want the audience to know you got Mila Kunis nude. Yeah. You know, you're going to definitely put her face and ask the same shot. (laughs) Is that possible? Yeah. (laughs) So it was definitely, so what I'm saying, Charlie, I guess then is, I would definitely have sex with Mila Kunis' body double because <laughs> she is hot. <laughs> That's a, I mean, that, how did they interview for that job? But for body double? Yeah, because Mila Kunis must yep. get final approval. Mm. So is she fucking being truthful or there is she being nothing, extremely complimentary to herself? There's nothing that has ever made me feel like happier, Charlie, than the idea that one day Mila Kunis sat down in a room and one by one. And one by one, people who look like Mila Kunis naked came in and showed me, showed her them, their asses and she judged them. That yeah. that image alone will get me through the next... Black Swan 2. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine going in and pitching it. Guys, I've got, I've got a sequel to Black Swan. 
it's a, it's a, it's a little different. But I think if you Aronofsky it up, you know, he can yeah. make it all dark and yeah. weird. We'll and, shoot it on sixteen, go yeah. handheld, put some slow mo in the yeah. middle, and some sort of ironic song, and everything will be fucking sweet. <laughs> but <laughs> Mila Kunis checks out her ass body doubles and judges them. If you had to choose a body That'd be double, a DVD commentary. To say you had to choose a body double, yeah. would you go for accuracy or just one hundred percent fucking like your, oh, both what you would love to? Yeah. Like. Oh no, yeah, I definitely So the shot is like it's a close up of you and then we cut to a shot of you ripping your shirt open. Yeah. So what are what are you going for? It's like the full six pack and yeah. pecs and everything. Definitely. And, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of chest hair, <laughs> maybe. But it's a bit you cast a black guy. Yeah. Does it make any sense? <laughs> a massive black cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, but, but he's, he's shot from the waist up. Yes, but the cock is so big that when he's running, it's it's actually come up <laughs> into shot and then goes back down again. Because it's a slow-mo of you jogging along the beach towards exactly. the camera. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it just can't be contained. So um, This girl said to me last night yeah. uh, that she had this ex-boyfriend whose dick was, well, she showed me, like she did that, you know, universal, I caught a fish thing where she held the two fingers up to yeah. show how big this guy's dick was. And yeah. She said it was too big for them to have sex. She said, it's such a shame because it's such a big, like, good-looking dick, but she just couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. And she said, even though she knew that, like, she couldn't do anything with it, she still thinks about that. Like, even she's got a new boyfriend, but she thinks about that other dick. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, her fantasy penis. And it's like, that's bizarre. You couldn't do anything with that dick. Why is that your fantasy penis? Because sometimes it's like Everest, Charlie. It's the thing that you couldn't get up. That is why, you know, like, I mean, it's the thing that defeated you, that, that you think about all the time, that inspires you to climb up the smaller hills. <laughs> I love the way she objectifies. I don't think she even mentioned the guy's name or even what he looked like. She just called him the dick. Yeah, but he would love that. <coughs> would you? Yeah. <coughs> I guess. Like, if you if, if I had a massive cock, like, you know how, like, um, there's that uh, on Smogcast. I oh, know on um, Hollywood Babylon, they talk about, about um, Liam, Neeson's, Liam cock. Neeson's cock. And yeah. apparently, or Charlie Chaplin apparently also had, like, a massive dick. I don't know how I know that. Maybe Jay, that's, a that's, toe, why, that's a toe pop fact. That's, how he, that's why he walked like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just got, that wasn't a cane he was swinging. <laughs> Um, uh, I um, and of course, uh, Jay Z legendarily has a. Oh, really? Yeah, they say a six hundred mil Pepsi bottle. Oh, right. Which Fuck I think is always hell. a great bit of branding. Three hundred mil. But Beyonce mil. is pregnant, so that must mean she has like an enormous vagina. Well, yeah. Or he's just got good aim. She's got good moves too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, she's just a single like, dance. Yeah, that's right. She's like she's done a lot of yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Beyonce. Yeah, she's willing to work it out. So, um. We were talking about pitches, and um, I came up with one the other day oh, yeah? about the perfect pitch um, for a movie. And okay. I think this is like, forget Jack and Jill. This is perfect Golden Sound film. This, that is just, I just would have loved to be in the pitch movie for that because oh, it Jack really, the whole yeah. thing is essentially, uh, I'm going to play my twin sister. Yeah. What else? No, no, that's, that's it. it. That's all we've thought of. That'll do. We'll yeah. make four hundred million dollars. Gemma um, hates Adam Sandler, and I remember when. Um, the Zohan movie was out. Every yep. time she saw an ad for it, she was like, I will never see that film. And I was always like, I'm going to fucking buy that for you for your birthday. So sure enough, yesterday when it was time to give presents, what's the first thing I give her? Don't mess with the Zohan. A brand new copy of you. Don't mess with the Zohan. <laughs> Which isn't as bad as... <laughs> no, it is. It's actually not too bad. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I've, I've come up with a movie. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect movie. You know how zombies are really in at the moment? Yeah. But we need a new twist yeah. on the zombie story, right? Yeah. Okay. This is my pitch, Charlie. And this is going to go up there with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, they're twins. Because it's a, it, the entire movie is in the, is in the pitch. Karate Kid with zombies. 
So essentially it's the Karate Kid movie, except he has to fight zombies with his karate skills. That's okay. a movie. So the Cobra Kai yeah, are a zombie, a zombie. <laughs> And what about his mum? Is she a zombie? Are the good guys all zombies as well? And just the Karate Kid is... Is it like I Am Legend Karate Kid? No, no, no. <laughs> I Am Karate Kid? No, no. No, they're just our zombies in this world. Yeah, they're, they're still not humans. Okay. And like the old sort of guy who's too old to kill zombies now. Okay. Like recognises in this young guy that he like, you know... Has that he's the, getting picked on by the zombies at high school. <laughs> It might not be exactly the same. <laughs> Although it does give a pretty good same meaning to put him in a body bag, Johnny. Yeah, so, yeah right. Like, you don't have to change that line. Yeah, but. Phew. yeah every, that would be the one where every, like they wink at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so, bang, see, we got that one in. But I reckon that's a great movie. Karate Kid with Zombies. So, how, how does so what's the. Is, you say Karate Kid with Zombies. So, the premise is it's a kid who gets trained by an older guy to kill zombies. That's essentially yep. it. But is he like. Uh, is he. Why is he getting picked on by the zombies? Why a zombie, does everyone know about zombies? Is yep. it a worldwide? So it's a zombie plague, like you see in a zombie film. Yep. So zombies are taking over the world. Yeah, except it's, it's a bit more like um, in True Blood. Okay. You know, so they're zomb- integrated. They're, they're, they're kind of integrated, but no one really trusts them because there's a lot of mysterious deaths around town and people getting picked on by the zombies and people yeah. are like, I don't think so I should have made the, this accord not, with the zombies. It's not like the plague thing that you get in a zombie film where it's a virus spreading. It's more like they're just enclaves of undeads. Yeah. Unclaves. And are they you know, shut There's been some sort of, you know, human contagion thing and, you know, some people are undead now okay. and we've decided to live with them, but there's an uneasy truce. Are they, you're shuffling uh, Romero... Non-speaking zombies? Or no, they've they... got to speak, I think, to integrate. Because I don't think they would have been able to integrate if they didn't speak. What are they going to have to say? Fuck, I hate being dead, I think. <laughs> no, like... You know how bad running first smells. Yeah, but it's going to be hard for them to run a business in town if all they can say is brains. Yeah, right, okay. Do you know what I mean? Let's say, like, run the butchers. Yeah, okay. And someone says, can Who's I have some be sausage? Buying fucking... like, brains. Who's going to be buying meat from a fucking zombie butcher? Well, maybe they're really good. I mean, they know a lot about... If you're, if you're rotting, aren't you going to be contaminating it? Isn't that how, like, you know... Oh, so you think the health and safety thing would be the issue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting I any... I think room. you're keeping your butcher your butcher store in, like, a pristine condition, Mr. Yeah. Smith, but uh, your eyeball keeps dropping into the minced meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could you please put that hairnet over your face so bits of it aren't in my sausage? Um, well, no, because the zombies are able to keep the prices down. Right. And yeah. eventually... As all like slave of, labor, as all of you, they don't need. They don't need to eat. Yeah. They don't need heat. They yeah. don't need like you know any of the things that we all are spending money on. They don't need to spend money on, so they can keep their prices really low. And if there's one thing we've learned about humans, Charlie, love a bargain, is that we love a bargain. That's why we put up with and turn a blind eye to the fact that most of our gadgets that we pay all this money for are made by children in horrible oppressed country. Like, mm-hmm. and we, if you thought about that, if somebody's, if like a child was there, go, if some, you said, I want to listen to some music on a portable thing that I can also make phone calls on. Yeah. And, uh, and then you had to get a small child and send him away to make it. You wouldn't do it. Yeah, that's right. You'd be like, I can do without that. But we kind of, so that's what it's like. With it's the, the same thing with the meat industry as well. Yeah. Like if you knew how your hamburger got in your plate, you probably wouldn't eat meat. So this is what it's like with the zombies. Yeah. Okay. Like, at start, we were suspicious about they're working the business, in sweatshops, but essentially, I mean, they're zombies. Yeah, you know, they don't well, need overstimulation. Well, that's kind of the way shot yeah. on the dead ends, isn't it? Mm. Like when they have that quick sort of montage at the end, they show you that the zombies have been used to take over all those kind of shitty jobs that yeah. everyone wants to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so, so if, if they've been integrated, why is he killing them? Well, they must have some sort of citizenship status. Do well, the zombies do they campaign for citizenship? Yeah. Okay, so they get they're, they're recognized citizens. They get yeah. to vote. Yeah, they get to vote. So they've got an undead minister, minister of parliament? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. the, yeah they've, they've had to partner up with the Greens. They've got the in, Greens are the only ones that have taken. They've, yeah, they, they were like, well, we accept everybody. Yeah, exactly. Even zombies. Yeah. <laughs> and zombies should be able to marry. Yeah. 
So yeah. No way. Zombies would be able to get married before gay people in yeah. Australia. I guarantee. No, we'd let zombies marry, but not two male zombies yeah, and two female zombies. <laughs> that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> So um, they ran for parliament, yeah. uh, cleverly using a parody of uh, the very catchy song Zombie by the Cranberries yeah. as their like, theme Yeah, song. when they're driving their yeah. tour bus yeah. to the regional centres. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got Dolores O'Riordan actually out to sing the theme song for them. Because she's a zombie now. Yeah, everyone thought she, everyone thought she was dead anyway. <laughs> In fact, she's not even a zombie. She's pretending to be a zombie for the work. <laughs> She's like she's seen it as an opportunity to relaunch her career because she's yeah. been sitting around for ages. Suddenly, she's the only person in the world who would be happy if zombies started to take over. Because she's like, I have written the perfect theme song for these <laughs> guys. Cha-ching. <coughs> so she, um, uh, they've got into parliament, yeah. but the truth of it is that what we're seeing in the movie is that there's an underlying behind the scenes and yeah. evil, like in the Karate Kid. Yeah, they're not. Just guys who are in a karate tournament who are happy to compete by the rules. Yeah, there's some they'll people, get you in the middle of the night. They will get you, however, it fucking they'll punch in the balls. Exactly, they're dirty. They're dirty. They're fighters. dirty. Yeah, the zombies are actually fucking dirty, and any minute they're gonna fucking come after us. If you're, if you like, we were being attacked by a zombie, and he was gonna take a bite out of you. Yeah, would you, if he went for your dick and balls first? I mean, it's weird that you get attacked by a zombie, but would you think that was especially weird? <laughs> Like, you know, because you see in zombie films they only bite the <laughs> neck or the arm or they'll or grab a leg or something. But if this zombie for some reason went straight for your dick and balls, yeah. like would you be going, like while you're fighting for your life, would you just be thinking, this is weird? Like of all the like fl- the plump fleshy parts of my body, he's decided to go for my dick and balls. No, I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. Why? It's a perfect place to fucking decapitate a zombie. Like, Between do you know what I mean? If the zombie comes, yeah. You're going to gonna... get him in like the camel clutch with a scissor. Exactly. <laughs> and just fucking rip his head off. <laughs> Fucking wrestling star. It's like all those years of watching wrestling as a child and an adult have finally paid off because I've just defeated this cock-sucking fucking zombie. Not cock-sucking, cock-biting. Cock-biting. Yeah, I know I'd say something really cool at the time like, you wanted head, now you have no head. (laughs) Take that, zombie. Um, No, no, because that's a good position for the zombie to be, yeah, for you to fucking fight. I don't know about that, man. Why, how, why is it easy? Wouldn't you want him like a, a higher up so you can like fucking... No, because if he's got his arms and stuff... But you, want but to be, if, you want to control his... Because the jaw is the thing you want to control. Yeah. So if he's down there chowing down on your groin... It's but how is... Well, what, has he leant down or is he on his knees? Like, <laughs> has he come at me like walking and then gone right. down? Okay, so you're just walking home, you're reading through your mail. Yeah. <laughs> you open the front door and he comes like rushing out from yeah. the bushes, right? Yeah. So he slams against the wall... And I reckon he drops down to his knees. Yeah. And he's trying to bite your dick. Perfect. Grab his ears and, and, and just fucking rip. rip. Bang. I guess. It's a good place for your zombie to be. So you- if he was much lower, if he bit me on the leg or whatever, because my hips are bad, I wouldn't be able to bend down. Yeah, right. But if he's like waist height, I can still fucking right. bang. You can still get him. Well, this might just be a clever ploy for you if there's any zombies listening so they don't bite you in the dick and balls. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now they know that that's what I want. That that's what I'm expecting, and you'd know because if you did, you'd cert- you'd see certain zombies walking around because you know, like you get bitten by a zombie, you become a zombie. So mm. you know, you see zombies walking around, and one's got a chunk taken out of his arm, but you yep. know the ones have been bitten on the dick because they'd be the zombies walking around with like a big bite mark taken out of their pants. It's like you don't see him very often, but that one, he was definitely gotten by a dick biter. It doesn't really matter though, does it? Like your dick becomes um, completely unnecessary when you're a zombie. No, yeah, you're not reproducing. Because we're not reproducing or 
urinating or anything, are Okay, you? but if we're so saying... So, like, the, in, the but, only purposes you have a penis for, you yeah, don't have anymore. But in this world... It's more convenient. But in the zombie world that you've created... You find the, pants that fit? <laughs> you can wear world, girls' jeans? <laughs> but in, under the rules you've created, so we're yeah. not talking mindless zombies. No. This is zombies who have a little bit of cognitive thought mm. and... They have self-esteem, it's I imagine. True. They still have self-esteem. Yep, they have. You don't want to be, even if you don't use it, you don't want to be a cockless zombie. It's like if you become paralyzed and you can't use your reproductive organs, you don't, you know, suddenly wish they were gone. Like, you know, you still want them. There. Do you? I don't know. So if you, I, I don't think if you're I... paralyzed from the hips down. Well, virtually, <laughs> but more paralyzed. <laughs> would you say? And, and someone said, "Well, look, your dick and balls aren't doing anything. We'll just take them off." Would you be like, "Yeah, I wouldn't care." Really? No. They said it's not going to affect you. No. You can just piss out through a little piss valve. <laughs> I mean, if if none of if you don't feel anything from, I hope this is not disrespectful to anyone who is in this situation. Purely mm. hypothetically. Hypothetically. Yeah. Say, if I'm a zombie, okay. I I am um, no. I'm, it's more convenient not to have them. The less you have to fucking carry around. But what about like, like when you're hanging out tucking with, your jeans or what whatever? About when you're after you've been playing, you know, zombie footy and you're in the showers after the game and everyone's saying good game, good game. Yeah. Then everyone goes, oh fuck. It's got no digging balls. Whatever, we're zombies. I think we're beyond caring about people having digging balls when you're a zombie. Well, not if we're talking about cognitive zombies. And, well, know, no Cognitive else. zombies who play social football, according to <laughs> this scenario. That's good. That's a good point. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is that, like, I would think I'd be proud of that. I'd be, like, a bit, like, I think I'd, like, be trying to start a trend and then yeah, everyone right. would be like, this is unnecessary. Why do I have this cock and balls? Like, I'm a zombie. I've evolved beyond cock and balls. Yeah, right. So I think people would be removing their cock and balls. So I wonder balls. how that would change kind of like uh, interaction It'd be like taking between... the Brazilian to a whole new... Because you, know, <laughs> you know in our lifestyle, it's gone from like women having pubic hair to men not even realising pubic hair was a thing that we had to think about yeah, yeah. Uh, to women having less pubic hair to men not really realising that pubic hair was a thing that we had to think about to women having no pubic hair and men suddenly having to realise that pubic hair was a thing that we... I had to think about. And now my understanding is that it's got to the point where men are like... Meant to have pubic hair either. Are meant to have pubic hair either. Yeah. Like men are getting like lots of hair removed and that's not only that they're doing that, but like what women kind of are going, well, that's, you know, I'd prefer that if, yeah. if you could do that, yeah. right? So the natural progression of that in my zombie universe, totally, is that people them. just rip off their cock and balls. Yeah. The wax is so thick that when they rip off, scrotum and yeah. penis comes with it. People will be like, well, why would you? Mm. Why would you have a cock and balls? They're gross. So in that, and they're, un, they're now they're now what they are not. The only thing that the cock and balls are good for is they're functional. Yeah, they're ugly, but they're functional. Yeah. Whereas like what, they're not aesthetic. Yeah. Like all those great, you know, like um, uh, Michelangelo's David and all those sort of things. They all have the, like you know either a tiny penis or the penis you know has been knocked off the yeah. the stone statues. Yeah. That was what is considered the you know the classical beautiful look. Nobody yeah. like goes, oh, let's go to the museum and see a fucking sculpture that Michelangelo did of a giant cock and balls. Yeah, it depends what country you go to. You go to Thailand, they have their fertility ceremonies where they carve giant phalluses. Like you'll go into like a water cave and there'll be giant like forty foot dicks, like literally piles and piles of dicks and even little matches, just dicks everywhere. It's the it's a it's such an odd thing. The yeah, phalluses that- are, I mean. Not just like literal interpretations of phallus, but like you know, cars and buildings and stuff. Yep. Like it's such a such a strange thing. As advanced as we've become as a species, it still very much comes down to dick. 
I'm a, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, and I hope he doesn't um, <laughs> care that I'm telling this story because uh, I know he listens to the podcast. Hello, you know who you are. Um, uh, went on a, he's, he's obsessed with lighthouses. Yeah. And he's writing a, a, writing something about lighthouses. And him and a mate of his went on a tour of lighthouses, mm. which is a cool thing to do. <laughs> but I did once say to him when he told me that, I was like, so hang on, you and your male friend are going to just go and stay in some giant cocks? <laughs> That's, that's what your holiday is, going from one giant cock to the other. The two of you enjoying staying in the giant cock. <laughs> so in, in this universe with the uh, – it intrigues me. This, uh, so when you become a zombie, right, yeah. if you're still like a cognitive zombie, yeah. um, but you don't have sex because, you know, you're not having – there's no blood going through your body. No you don't have sex. You don't defecate. You don't eat. Okay. You know. So how does that train – do you think that affects uh, – interaction between zombies like the guy and girl zombies still feel a need to oh like to uh, you mean like yeah they're gonna yeah i mean what does a guy zombie want from a girl zombie or, or two gay guy zombies or two gay girl zombies whatever your combo is yeah you can't get married by the way <laughs> still can't get married yeah. um yeah no i think you would find and this has always been my theory um you know and i've talked about this a little bit in stand-up but this idea that like i mean as cliche as it is men having more in common with men and women have more in common with women mm. so I think if you took sex out of the equation, you would have men hanging out a lot more with men and women hanging out a lot more with women. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying there was, wouldn't still be an interaction. Of course it would be, but I think that's what you'd find. Because yeah. once you take sex and eating out of the equation, yeah. right? Because let's, let's, let's not say that it's, you know, shitting and pissing that brings men and women together. <laughs> let's go with the fact that it's, um, you know, it's, it's reproduction it's the and, and it's and the eating, eating and socialising yeah, and that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. So you take that out of the equation, then you would only be bonded together by common interests. Yeah. So like you said, all these guys have formed this social footy league, yeah. even though they're zombies. <laughs> <laughs> because they're still like, well, we, you know, we've got to do stuff together. We can't be at the fucking butchers all day. What would the zombie footy league, what would their mascot be? They couldn't go for a zombie. It's too obvious. What would it be? No, because it would be a, it'd be a league too. Yeah. So they're all teams. So I mean, oh, like so a whole zombie league. So there's lots of yeah, different mascots. So there's lots of different zombies. But would all the mascots, you know, have to be re- relating to being like undead? Or would that yeah. be a bit too obvious? Yeah. You couldn't have like just... No, that'd all be undead nicknames. Like, so the... the, the like the rigor mortises. Yeah, the corpses. Like yeah, yeah. The, you know, the stiffs. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. The walking head. The yeah, head. that's so, yeah. The walking headers or something yeah, like that, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they don't, they don't have like, you know, like pun names and stuff like, you know, Deadwood and yeah, stuff. Yeah, They'd all yeah, be like yeah. parody teams yeah, and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Team Jacob, Team Deadwood. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were definitely one Team Deadwood. <laughs> In fact, bags on if I ever become a zombie. That's the name of my... Your football team. social football team. My social football team. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder about that. I wonder if they would be accepted. It becomes almost like a, a District 9 kind of metaphor where the zombies would become the new underclass. I and mean, I, that's what we're really dying out for. That would bring all humanity together, wouldn't it? If we could just import like a non, a different species as our underclass. Like slaves? Yeah, but like alien slaves, not hum, not homo sapiens. Like but, to say we got super intelligent, like we could uh, inject chimpanzees with, you know, that extra 1% they needed yep. to become, you know, like the Planet of the Apes ones. Yeah. Then well, that we, worked out well. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I watched this documentary called Planet of the Apes, <laughs> and I have an idea. I think I have a cure for Alzheimer's, <laughs> but if not, it's definitely going to lead to the world's destruction. <laughs> uh, all right, let's not say chimpanzees because that works out badly. Yeah. Let's say, um, what's a what's a what's a helpful animal, um, like uh, dogs. Dogs. Okay, we we already live with dogs. Yeah. So, like, I mean, man's best friend makes sense. They are man's best friend. So, if somebody said to you. If somebody said to me, Charlie, 
Hey, you know how you've got three cats? Yeah. They could also do your taxes. Mm-hmm. My cats could be my PA. Yeah. But at a low level of intelligence. Yeah. Like if you pay for this. Thing. And they don't get, but they don't get to vote. They don't get yeah. any rights. They don't. They can't vote. They can't marry. They, don't, they, don't, they can't receive income. They can't drive. But you yeah. have to take care of them. You've got to pay all the medical bills. Yeah. You've got to house them. You've got to feed them, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're but your, essentially. Your, your property. They are my property. Yeah. As they are now, even yeah. though they're not aware of that. And <laughs> disrespect those rules. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much every. I, I, I firmly believe that they think that I am their property. Yeah. That's right. In fact, if anything, Charlie, they're probably. My cats are probably doing a podcast right now going. You will not believe the fucking caper I've got. There's this dude. (laughs) He's not even around that much. He bought us this really big house. He gives us free food every fucking day. When we're cold, he cuddles up with us. We shit all over the place and he just picks it up. (laughs) We are emperors. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I would worry about, like like slavery, I would start to go, well, yeah. If they've they've evolved to this point, do they not have their own rights? But what happens to to the current underclass now? Just say, at the moment, the third world countries, they're the underclass, right? Yeah. So uh, in a developing countries, what would happen to the actual existing underclass if we, just say, not dogs, just say an alien race lands like in District 9. Yeah. And we, the, the countries all get together. Yep. And they say, we're going to take a, a portion, like we're going to 100,000 of these aliens go to each country yep. and they can be your underclass. So what happens to the existing underclass? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, they just become displaced. I guess they do. Although, is the world so much better because we've got this, like, workforce that well, we can... Would, would it make it better? I mean, if, if we... Okay, can we say this... in this situation? Okay. They come to Earth yeah. and what they say is... On our planet, the greatest thing that we can do... Yeah, they're like in Fraggle Rock. They're like the dozers. Yeah. They love to work. We love to work. We love it. Like, that's actually why we've travelled to this other planet, because yeah. we we made our world perfect, oh, and we okay. have... Like, there's no more work to be done on it. Yeah. And all we enjoy to do is work. Yeah. Please... Let us work. Let us work. Because the only way we can live is to work. Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, I like Now, I'm like, this is good. Yeah. I'm still a little bit sus about it. <laughs> I'm still a little bit like uh, yeah, to. My mate uh, Judas used to have a theory about yeah. people like you It's too yeah. good to be true <laughs> Anyone ever feel That these aliens are too nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Okay So they come down you know, They work for us um, Blah 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 I think that would give us an opportunity Like to solve all the problems that we have I mean that's what they're here for anyway To give us that extra time To I mean, we as a human race have the capacity and resources to solve the things that we ignore to solve. Yeah. Like we really do. If we just fed the world with the percentage of the food that first world countries throw out, we have enough food already in the world. It's not like we have a shortage of food. We have a a waste of food in rich countries and a shortage of food in poor countries. In poor countries. And that's I was reading today, I was putting my change in that change for good envelope they have on the mm. on the plane. And I was like, I, I maybe had like it was probably only 20 bucks or something, but in like loose change or whatever. Yep. And I was just putting it in the 20 bucks New Zealand. So like about $2. And um, it was, I was just putting in the thing, but you know, on the back they have the, what they can buy yep. with the things. And when you read that, yeah. when you say like for $64, they can like give medicine to a whole town for like six months or what, yeah, whatever it is. You're like, for fuck's sake, really? Yeah. It cost me like, more than that to get the cab to the airport. Yeah. And it does make you really just go, you know, we should do There's this. a bit of an equality. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we've done, you know. <clears throat> so I think that's what, if we had our, like, you know, willing, you know, 
subservient race drones. Yeah. who are here to help us, yeah. then I hope, I would hope that, you know, for humanity's sake, we would use that extra time to, you know, solve some of those problems. There's got to be a caveat the though. They've got to say, look, we love to work. We'll yeah. take over all your jobs. Yeah. We'll build your world into a paradise. But in return... We really like to shit on people. <laughs> <laughs> no, in return, each country once a year has to sacrifice uh, a human being to us in honour of us. Uh, of the country's choice? Yes. For the good of humanity. Well, not for the good. Well, I mean, well, yeah, but like, well, this the, is, well, we don't know. This is what the deal. I mean, it is too good to be true. <laughs> now, let's say it's all legit. Like we've done it. One person per country. One, per, yeah, one person a year has to get offered up to be sacrificed. And it's not like you can double up. You can't deport someone to get it. It's got to be one of your citizens. Okay. So philosophically, my, my philosophical position is against the death penalty. Yeah. Like, I don't think that we as a human race, um, yeah, I understand why people who've had someone killed would like to see that person killed. I I totally get that. Um, but I don't think we evolve as a human race if we answer violence with violence, if we answer death with death. I just think it, it sends the wrong message. However, I was surprised when you asked me that, that my gut instinct, as opposed to what my intellectual instinct to that situation is, was to say... Let's take the worst people. There'll be a country. worst person. We'll yeah. just take... There'll be someone every year who fucking deserves to die. Yeah. There's someone every year in every country who does something so bad that you go, Yeah, but the take problem this is person. you can't guarantee that country's going to put up the worst person. You'll get someone like China putting up like a political prisoner and saying, oh yeah, this journalist who ran a website uh, <laughs> blaming the government, he's definitely the worst person China's got. Okay, who, uh, next. United Nations like, China, come on. Give us a real bad guy. <laughs> None of these fucking journalist shit. All right, so the aliens come down to Earth. Yeah. They say, here's the deal. We come from a subservient world and we're only here to help. But weirdly, we have this strange caveat, <laughs> which is that for us to do this in payment yeah. every year, one, every country... Every will- 12 of your <laughs> Earth months. <laughs> so, I love that they've gone to the effort of learning the language but not the accent. Yeah. Like, that's that's what I've enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, we couldn't... Look, we learned the words. Is that not enough? Um, every year... Each country has to uh, offer somebody up as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Am I then allowed to say, can we have some sort of independent auditing organisation that checks that the person being, you know, Offered executed in is. each country is, you know, the right well, person? Uh, you, you, there's one other thing you're missing is what about people who want to die? There are people who are suffering from like, you know, long-term illness. That's a good point. I mean, you could nominate for... The, the draft of for, for, for the sake of the world. Yeah. And not only that, you'll probably get immortalized somewhere yeah. who's giving your life for You know what? That's exactly what I'd do. I'd set up a wall of honor. But I'd it, make it, it a, I'd make it a it, thing, it, a noble but euthanasia thing. Euthanasia is not legal all over it's, the world. It, no, it's legal in some places. In but some I think places. it's it's widely supported by the public. Yeah. Like it's like it's, it's like gay marriage. It you is know, a, it is a nonsense polls, thing that someone can tell you that you should endure like crippling pain yeah. and the life of fucking and the low quality of life. Because they feel like uh, there's a higher power that you should be grateful for. It's like particularly because who the fuck are you? Particularly because we live longer than we're meant to live. Yeah, like you know, this is the thing. These are not even like there should have at least been a cutoff. <laughs> you can't kill yourself until you're forty. Yeah, <laughs> but once you're forty, which was nuts. how long you were meant to live <laughs> in the first place, or you know, twenty or whatever it was, it's up to you. Yeah, you've you've seen out what you're meant to do. 
and after that it's fine you know yeah. it, it, it it's a complete nonsense yeah. it's a really ridiculous law so i yeah. think in our new universe where yeah. you know or the religion you'd have to, but you still have to do your due diligence because you don't want just fucking you know emo teenagers applying you know <laughs> you can't just there's got to be an age limit there's got to be a full psychological profile medical testing that kind of stuff oh, well, I imagine there would be I imagine you wouldn't just get to the day before and go oh fuck we haven't chosen anyone yeah but I, I, should I mean, we go for that guy who committed like killed all those people should we go for that person who's terminally ill and wants to die or should we go for Darren who really likes my chemical romance <laughs> Darren <laughs> Darren the emo kid I love it <laughs> I just, I think that it would, I think, I mean, I feel confident that in Australia we would make the right decision. Yeah. But I think there are countries that would possibly use this clause to get rid of some people that are against the government. Sounds pretty racist. (laughs) (laughs) What you're saying is uh, Australia is awesome and lots of countries are idiots. Oh, no. (laughs) Why are we any It's more governmentalist. Governmentalist, I think. No, look, um, you believe in a certain philosophy of of how a country should be ruled democratically and whatever, and you you suspect that there are some countries (laughs) in the world who don't subscribe to the ideals that you subscribe to. Well put. Thank you. No, I understand that. You're You're hired as my PR agent. You're making a political statement rather than a racist statement. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I think we would be able to accommodate that one person from every country. You know, maybe some countries would renounce their countryness. What do you mean? Like, more maybe New Zealand would be like, you know what? We don't want to kill a person a year. We're just going to become another state of Australia. Okay, so because there's been movements. There've been like originally when Australia was conceived, New Zealand was going to be part of Australia. Well, would the aliens say everyone has to comply, otherwise we don't do it? No, it's yeah, everyone, everyone has, has to. to but she's like, everyone that is, is called a country. Like you can't compete in the Commonwealth Games, like unless you're in the yeah right yeah the, whatever you know like that yeah. sort of thing. So um, it's and like you that. know it would be hard though because there are tiny micro nations as well. Like if you lived in one of those kind of like Papua New Guinean islands where there's like yeah it's a, a nation with 400 people. After 400 years, you've pretty much wiped out your entire race. You got to breed like a motherfucker to overtake the aliens. Yeah. Or you get together, like they do with the cricket in the West Indies. Right. Like, that's a lot of different countries, the yeah, West yeah, Indies. Yeah. Maybe, like, you know, yeah. maybe the aliens are like, we really love Test Match cricket. <laughs> so. On our planet, sport goes for five days as well. <laughs> and women hate it also. <laughs> so the West Indies will be counted as one country. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you make it continent sense. But then you'd never get anyone to agree. Like, can you imagine trying to get fucking Europe to agree oh, no. on which person? I think it should be Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> the French would all just be fucking their alien like, <laughs> slaves instead of getting them to do any That's work. That's the first thing that would happen is like how long before like a someone had alien, sex with an alien? No, an alien porn starts appearing on websites and stuff like that. I mean, how long before someone tries to fuck one of the aliens? Are they humanoid? What do they look like? I don't know. It's your scenario. Oh, let's say. Well, let's say they look like those. Did you ever see AI? Yeah. And at the end, um, the aliens, you know, wake up the little boy robot, and they're kind yeah. of like seven foot tall. I was very disappointed of. when I saw AI, by the way, because when I grew up on the farm, AI stood for artificial insemination. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be robot a fucking. completely different film. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I reckon they look like that. They're, so they're eight foot tall, slender, kind of featureless, with translucent skin. Okay. But do they have holes? Uh, no, they're kind of gelatinous, so you can sort of... Oh, stick it in anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, right. How long? 15 minutes. <laughs> if, if that. As soon as the ship lands. How long does it take to open a box? 
you see you see the head of uh, the UN who's been sent Ban Ki Moon mm. has been sent in to like negotiate with the aliens and then like 15 minutes later they get the video feed up of the negotiations <laughs> Just- and Ban Ki Moon is fucking <laughs> one of the gelatinous aliens. <laughs> All the f- former UN chiefs are there in some sort of like, you know, Kofi Annan. And, yeah. um, Is it like a gangbang snow? They're all standing <laughs> around their pants down. They're trying to keep themselves hard, you know, doing that kind of lazy wank just off camera, yeah. <laughs> waiting for their turn to get in there. Thank you, Moon. Uh, <laughs> Boutros, Boutros, Gali and Kofi Annan. <laughs> all wearing blue hats. <laughs> just waiting to have a dip. <laughs> Oh, by the way, we agreed someone from every country has to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thought, they just thought of it then. <laughs> we thought it was a bargain. Yeah, after the gangbang. <laughs> you know what? After that, you got to you got to let us kill someone from each country. <laughs> that would be, would that how would they have to take time to legalize that? Like, just say those aliens become if people started dating those aliens, they become yeah. sort of ingrained into our culture. Yeah. If you wanted to have a relationship with an alien, I guess they because they can consent because they then it wouldn't be illegal, would it? I mean, they're, they're not of our species because interspecies sexual relations are illegal. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So would this be illegal? Yeah. They're another species. But what if the aliens say, oh, no, we're totally cool with it. And, you know, they explain how their reproductive systems work and we work out that, you know, it's like biologically it's not going to be damaging to either party. They have to legalise it. Um, well, gay sex was illegal for a very long time. Yeah, right. And that's concerning. So you think it would be a moral... Backlash for ages. Well, put it this way: if your dog could consent to be having <laughs> sex with you, you'd still think it was a bit weird to have sex with your dog, right? Yeah, I'm not saying. Yeah, but it, even if like Junior one day came in and was like, "Charlie, I've got that skinny do. I've learned how to talk. <laughs> I'll rip your balls." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, I think it was weird, but look, if the dog... Like, I just say you're watching Jerry Springer. Yeah. And there's a guy saying, like, um, you know, you, uh, you won't believe who my lover is. And yeah. then, like, the crowd's waiting. And this fucking Jack Russell comes out. And the crowd's all screaming and stuff. And yeah. The Jack Russell gets up. But he's very eloquent. He yeah. says, look, um, I love this guy. Yeah. You know, uh, he takes me on walks. He feeds me. He's always been great to me. He feels like my best friend. My best friend. Yeah. And, and uh, who doesn't want to be in a relationship yeah. with their best friend? And he said, to be honest, like we just used to hang out at the yeah. start and then um, feelings We're started friends to with benefits. <laughs> <laughs> One night we were watching this Justin Timberlake Miller Curtis <laughs> film. And yeah, if the dog came out and said all that mm. and was like, hey, you know, um, we're not hurting anybody. It's, you know, we don't say, we're not saying that, you know, everyone should fuck their dog. Like, you know, I'm an exceptional case, but, you know, I'm, not all dogs are going to want this, but, you know, I do and I'm fine with it. And, you know, we're in a loving relationship, then yeah, I'd be fine with that. That yeah. would be weird. I think it's that guy's fucking a Jack Russell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the but, dog's consenting. Yeah. And after a while, you'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, seems practical. Although, when you see people walking their dog, mm. you would go, you would wonder about them. Oh, Every well, time you saw walking their dog, like, are they just walking their dog? Yeah. Or are they like walking bit their of, dog? Bit of, bit of speculation in the celebrity gossip mags. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So and so seen walking a yeah. dog. All of a sudden, Caesar Milan's show takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah. <laughs> I train humans. I rehabilitate dogs. Oh, my dick. <laughs> Caesar Milan is the dog fucker. <laughs> and it's just him going around. And what you realise is he's sweet-talking dogs. Yeah, that's all right. Hey, what's up? What, can I get your number? How you doing? <laughs> what's your star sign, bitch? 
You're like a man on roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever watch that show? Yeah, dog I love Whisperer? It. I love it. Yeah. Do you learn stuff? Like, do you ever do dog whisperer techniques on Junior? I've tried. I mean, I think the one thing he says that sort of is, is right. You don't get, if you don't, because dogs are just want attention. They're attention junkies. Yeah. And his thing is always you don't give a dog attention until it's sort of behaving the way you want to. You want it. But I mean, we also like to spoil our dog. We don't have a kid, you know. And, you know, we have this little creature that we, we like to indulge. We like to spoil him. So he sleeps in bed with us yeah. and, you know, we feed him off the, you know, off the table. All the things that you're not meant to do, we break the rules. And then occasionally we think we should do the right thing and we try and discipline him. But, but it makes you feel cool to break the rules. Yeah, that's how I feel yeah, with my, my cats do- and stuff. My I'm dog's like, got personality. I'm like, whatever, man. Yeah, this is how I fucking live. You are the parent that it's- every other fucking parent yeah. hates. Would you shut your kid up? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, hey, I smoke pot with my fucking kids. Whatever, <laughs> I'd prefer they have it at home. Yeah. They're allowed to drink. Yeah, they're five. Whatever, man. Yeah. that's how I fucking raise them. Invite your boyfriend over. Have sex in the but bed at home. I'm cool. I do. I do wonder about people though. I've got friends who train their dogs like they're fucking cattle dogs. You know, and they live in the city. I can understand farmers like. Yep. Farmers are, you know, their dogs are really disciplined and, you know, don't go over and pat the dog because he's a working dog. That yeah. makes sense to me because yeah. the dog's got to know what the fuck and do his, yeah. do his job. But people who live in, like, the city and they make their dog fucking sleep outside and it fucking is too scared to kind of come in the house for whatever, it's like, well, what the fuck did you get? You just got yourself, like, a little furry, like, slave or a remote-controlled dog because yeah. it does everything you say. Like, you want to you be challenged a bit by the pet, don't you? This is what people would be like with their aliens, though. Charlie. What do you mean? There'd be some people who'd be really into like, there'd be an alien whisperer show on TV. Yeah, right. Some people be really, I can't control my alien. Mm. Some people be really strict with their aliens, you know, that sort of thing. And other people would be like, eh. Yeah, let him do what they want. Yeah, I'll get him an alien door. He can come and go as he pleases, you know. Yeah, I think there would definitely be that sort of. Well, do you, th- you know, like there's been a spate of kind of um, bull terrier attacks and mm. people are all, and the argument is, is it the breed of dog or is it just like poor training? Mm. Do you have an opinion on that? Well, I mean, I don't I, like. I've like the great thing about having a cat is that they never savage a, a three year old. It's rare. A grandmother. It's rare that you hear of a savage cat attack, yeah, yeah. unless the person like died in a house full of cats. Yeah, yeah. And then they maybe. I mean, it's an episode of Hoarders. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But um, so I've done. I've never had to have that problem. But a really good friend of mine, like a close friend of mine, um, recently had their dog killed by some other dogs. Yeah, like fine. he was just walking the dog and the dog ran across and got killed by another dog. Holy shit. So like I've actually been sort of genuinely going through this process with him and him talking it through. And he loved, again, he was a guy, doesn't have kids, like loved his oh dog. Oh God, that's fucking traumatic. Yeah. And so the guy whose dog killed his dog doesn't want to get his dog put down because he, he says he's, a, you know, yeah, he's normally was, a good. It's a rare thing. It's a rare thing. It's never happened before, blah, blah, blah. And so my mates had to deal with this whole thing of going, because my mate's a good guy. Like, yeah. he's one of those guys who's just like, he wants to give this guy the benefit of the doubt, but also this dog, you know, killed so, his dog. Yeah, and if he puts it back on the street, man, yeah. he knows what it's going to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I you mean, it's a real... A junior bit a kid once, which was just like... I mean, that's grounds to have him uh, terminated. Yeah. Like, if the parents... He was staying with my brother, and um, he gets a bit skittish around... Uh, just some kids, like it's just, it's not, it's, it's normally he's fine. Like mm. we've got kids next door and there's no problem, but just some kids, he gets sort of skittish around and this little girl thinks she's like pulling at his tail or whatever. Yeah. And he gave her a nip and it wasn't a bite. It was a nip. He mm. does that to me all the time. But yeah. for a kid, broke the skin and she was really fucking scared. Yeah, right. Luckily the neighbors understood what was going on, but it's just one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, if, if he did it again and this time he took the kid's eye or he bit its cheek or something like that, then... I mean, I know he's. I mean, he's a domesticated animal, but he's an animal yeah. in the end, you know. And I can't, I can't sort of justify him hurting like a, a human being. Like you can't, 
No, it's weird. Like even I, another person, like if I'm if my dog had like killed another person's dog, I don't know how I'd feel. I mean, I would be desperate not to have my dog killed, but at the same time, I'd think, well, fuck. You couldn't think of your dog. I don't think you would ever think of your dog the same, same way, way again. No, or you'd always be worried it's going to do it again. Yeah, you'd be really paranoid. My brother has a dog, and he's a farmer, and he has like a working dog. Mm. But I was really interested the other day. I, I was at home, and they were they were telling me that the dog, who's a great dog apparently, works really well. Blah blah blah. But if Taylor, his daughter, who's like. Um, Nearly two, I guess, but yeah, not even. Um, if she's there by herself, like you know, out and about or whatever, the dog will not leave to go and do the work. He'll just sit there and like protect her. Yeah, right. Right, and that's so cool. It's cool, except yeah. at the same time, you're like she's sitting with a dog. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? like is he protecting you? Because he's like, oh, if she grows some more, she'll be delicious. Or he's like, you know, it's one of those great stories of like, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, I can make a sequel to Red Dog. Yeah. <laughs> That movie made heaps of money. I think I must have told this story before, but I, I used to stay on a dairy farm in the school holidays when I was a kid, and there was a working dog on this farm that was like a fucking rapist. Like every day I would come out, this dog would try and round me up and then got like me pinned against the wall and then start humping my leg. Yeah. And it, like every time it was so... Like, you know, you see those kind of cliched rape movies where, like, you know, you, uh, someone walks out into a street under a lone lamp yeah. and they hear a shuffling, you turn around and you see it. That's what it was like. I had to climb on top of a tractor because this dog was advancing on me and was so intent on, like, having sex with my leg. And the, the guys really? I was staying with, yeah, the farmers I was staying with. It was like Dear Doghouse Forum. You're, I, I never thought dogs were attracted <laughs> to me until one day I was on a farm. I don't know what it was. I think maybe because I was the smallest thing on the farm because yeah, it was a right. dairy farm. So the dog's choice was like full-grown like adults yeah. or, you know, this little cows, or, cows or, you. Or, the, or the little the little pink thing. Yeah, right. And he's like, well, I think I can take this one yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, but that was scary. I mean, if, imagine if I'd been he was like, that dog was That dog was like your friend. If I had been, she was like, I can't handle the big dick. <laughs> I'll think about it. While I'm, while I'm humping this guy's leg, I will think about the farmer, but I can't handle the farmer because I'm just a dog. <laughs> All right, let's uh, wind it up. Um, oh, I got some news. Oh, okay, great. It's funny. One of the earliest podcasts, where I remember we were talking about um, how we'd like to be remembered. And you said, like, um, you know, the only true way you can be remembered is to do something really horrific, <laughs> like go out and kill a bunch of people. Wow, this is this, – I don't know where the story is going, but I'm in. Well, the reason you said that was because uh, I said, oh, you know, my uh, ambition is to, is to make a film. Yeah. And you said, well, you set, you set your sights a little higher because yeah. lots of people make films and if you really want to be remembered, kill yeah. a bunch of people. Yeah, you have to make a lot of – you have to make a good film to be remembered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I haven't killed a bunch of people, but yeah. it looks like I'm having a film made. So awesome, yeah, yeah. So it's something that I've written that Gemma's going to direct, mm. and um, the Wolf Creek Pictures they're producing it for us, and we're looking to shoot next year. So for the first time ever, I have something to plug. That is awesome. Is um, it Karate Kid with zombies? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is Mila Kunis naked in it at some stage? Because I'm buying all the tickets. We're actually going to dig up Pat Morita yep. because we figure if we're going to have like, Karate Kid with zombies, well, he's already dead. So yep. save on makeup. Perfect. In fact, that will be the twist. That Pat Morita is actually a zombie, but he's come to train because he's the zombie who knows that the zombies are plotting uh, against the yeah, humans. Yeah, yeah. So and that's why he's like, training young Daniel-san yeah. to take over the zombies. He's like the day walker, the equivalent of what a, a what's a sympath- he's blade. a zombie sympathizer. Yeah, but as a zombie version. What would a, if you're a zombie and you sympathize with the living, what, you're like an Uncle Tom zombie. Yeah. An Uncle Zom. An Uncle Zom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marita is such an Uncle Zom. <laughs> 
so Sorry. yes, I'm, I'm plugging the, the film. So we've actually set up a Facebook page and a website. So I'm going to put a link up on the website. Yeah. So uh, to, to do what? What to, what do people can do? People can go to the Facebook page and start liking because we're going to start updating with news and photos and just keep everyone updated on the development of the film. So can you tell people what it's called or is that it's called still... Blackwood? Um, I, it's I, about a black man's cock. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. I think I, th- I think there's a synopsis on the on the website, but I can't, I'm not sure. It's the the plot is. Uh, I want to keep it much of it. Yeah, of course. Can. Uh, yeah, but there's details. There's photos and some concept art, concept art stuff stuff up. So I just want to sort of um, let people know it's out there. Awesome. So they can track the progress of the film. So failing, uh, if the film, if we make the film ends up being a disaster, then I'll go on a rampage and murder as many people as I can. Okay, but cool. Fingers crossed. I just make a, a good. Be film. Awesome for the podcast. <laughs> if you become, if you either kill a lot of people or become make a really, really good film, yeah. yeah. Don't do something just in between. Although, if you if I do kill a lot of people and I go to jail and we have to do the podcast from jail, the yep. acoustics probably won't sound any worse. No, than they sound in here. It'll be great for myself. Well, no, because we'll have to do it between. I won't be able to come in. All oh, right, it's through the. It'll phone, be through the that. Glass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing the podcast through those phones during visiting hours. Yeah, and like. We're not really meant to be doing it, so yeah. I'll be like sneaking in equipment, yeah. and it'll be like we're catching up. But we're like, so what if zombies took over the world? So why is Will Anderson bringing this guy another birthday cake? Yeah. A couple <laughs> of shitty microphones in there. Um, well, that's fantastic news, yeah. uh, and we'll keep people updated, right? Yeah. As you know, yeah. shit happens. Yes, that's unreal. Well, I, I kind of thought too that this would be a good way to sort of document the progress of the film because we've just very, we've started the very early stages of, of pre-production and um, you know doing some concept art and casting and that kind of stuff and it's all pretty interesting because I'm kind of teaching myself this as I, I go along I've never produced a, a feature film before I've done so, a lot of other so do you sit and, in on casting yeah I've been doing that this last couple of weeks have you written it because you wrote it I wrote it because yeah. you're not writing a scene there goes uh, Mila Kunis's ass <laughs> just randomly walks through the background I've seen and then just like spend a day casting and then at the end going ah oh, we couldn't do that scene yeah is I, that unethical uh, I think I think it is unethical uh, I have to wait for until we get the alien drones down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, we've got to inject our own lower class in before I can start exploring how is casting as like because you, you're an actor it's been really so like you've like obviously been on the other side of that and it can be a horrible intimidating experience yeah like auditioning for something so what's it like on the other side of the it's table interesting I mean, the funny thing is, because you have been on the other, in front of the camera, you just want to, you just want people to have a great experience because yeah. you know how hard it is. Yeah. And um, everyone who's come in has been really good, and we're seeing a lot of really great young actors, like young Australian actors, are coming through. And um, I'm just amazed at like how talented like young people are. Like I think of myself when I was like fucking 19, like I didn't have expertise in any field whatsoever, or the self confidence to go into like a, a room full of fucking strangers and like act like. That's the amazing thing is I, I guess I just wasn't around very talented people when I was in my late teens. Like I had no idea that world existed. Like I didn't get into acting until I was in my sort of sort of mid-20s. Yeah. And like it's just it, – it's, it's amazing. Like it's just really exciting to see like these fucking kids, man. Some of them are so good. So we're kind of spoilt for choice. But I, I ran into um, the guys playing the young uh, Gatsby in the Australian oh, yeah. film. He's this great young Australian actor, Callan – Someone, I think he's not. Is that right? No. Uh, which, oh, no. Uh, anyway, he's like, he was in I Am Number Four. And okay. um, oh. he's, uh, but he's playing oh, the young yeah, Leonardo right. DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was the, the sidekick in I Am Number Four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And he's a really uh, very talented actor. And that's right. He came up to us after the screening. Yeah. I remember? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he said a good day. Yeah. yeah. And he's a really nice guy. I met his mum at that yeah, screening. That's right. and, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. um, And I saw him at the GQ Awards the other night. And because he's playing the young Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, in right. this movie, his hairstyle, blonde, and he looks 
exactly what like Leo looked like when he was like. It's a fairly good fucking sign if you're getting cast as the young biggest movie star in the world. <laughs> like, totally. That's a it's not like being mini me. There yeah. is actually a genuine progression through yeah. being young Leo into. And I was saying to him also that Leo, I think aims pretty low when it comes to, like, ages of the girls. Like, I don't think... I think Leo probably abides by the law, yeah. but he doesn't have some he sort of... He definitely fishes down the yeah, lower end of the yeah, age right? group, yeah. But there's still a gap between 18 and 16 of, of hot young models who would like to have sex with Leonardo DiCaprio but can't. Yeah, yeah. This is the perfect opportunity for this fella. Up steps up young Leo. Get in there. Yeah, like, I mean, totally. you're talking about your mates who are getting sex from the celebrities. Mm. Imagine if you're like... Leo's like, look... You can't have sex with me because, you know, you're 17. But here's me at age 16. <laughs> Do you want to have sex with him? That's heaps better. That's awesome. Leo throughout the ages. You know, people would come up and there'd be a Leo age appropriate for every person there at the party. <laughs> um, uh, okay, I'm going to um, plug the the, the Madam... The Jeez, Mrs. T's thing. Um, uh, voting closes on December the 4th, so if you want to... The link's on our Facebook page, but if you want to vote for me to be a... Do, we, do you have any idea where you are in the rankings? Uh, sports bet. Um, the betting agency put out odds. Oh, my God. Because, you know... Can that's, you bet on yourself? Is that illegal? I don't know. I mean, I think I probably could. Yeah. We could probably rig it. Because you can't affect the outcome, so you could probably bet on yourself. Yeah, I guess so. Well, you could affect the outcome, though. Well, if I you were like, crazy on Twitter and shit, you could affect the outcome. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, what if it's... I don't know. To bet on yourself. I suppose it is. Yeah, it would be. I don't think it's some sort of Pakistani bookie scandal. <laughs> Imagine they, my comedy career was finished because they found out I'd bet on myself in a yeah. wax statue, Madam Tussauds thing. <laughs> um, a 15 to 1 I was, so not a favourite. Okay. But not. But kind of in the who sort was, of... Who was number one? Carl mm, uh, Sandlin's maybe. Yeah, um, you know, right. he's a big star. And a lot of publicity this week. Amanda Keller. You know, they're all kind of bigger stars. Well, pretty much everyone on the list is technically a bigger star than I am. Like, yeah, I'm right. I'm clearly the person with the least experience and the least like mainstream appeal to offer at the table. We've got to so. do something. Like, if we get this across the line, we should go down and get some photos done and put it up on the website or something. Oh, totally. Like yeah. So let's get it across the line. Let's uh, rally teabaggers. We yeah. want to get Will a, a, a wax statue. We'll do so. You know what? Actually, a listener sent me an email that's hilarious and um, I'm going to have to uh, write it back. But uh, she heard uh, us talking about Mrs. T's Mm. and she went to a Madame Tussauds and she took some photos of her um, uh, sexually molesting a couple of the celebrities. So I'm just going to email her back and see if she's cool with me putting them on the Facebook page. But... If you if you do get your statue, we should go there and let's molest your yep. statue and take definitely. some photos. Okay, Be that's what to, we'll do. Yeah, we will definitely will sexually molest my statue. <laughs> <laughs> that is our promise, Mrs. Tease. <laughs> this is the quality clientele that we are bringing to Mrs. Tease if we get this statue. Uh, so, yeah, so you can find the link, and uh, of course we have our um, uh, Twitter tweet fop, and there's um, if you liked anything from the show, like there's a quote or whatever that you thought was funny, um, tofop quotes on, on Twitter. Just put the hashtag tofop quotes, and there's someone who runs a tofop quotes thing. They'll put that. There's tofop facts. There's all sorts of stuff tofop out there. Tumblr, so, which is yeah. like long form uh, tofop quotes, which is great. It's, Actually, that's I'm getting really. I mean, I know I have nothing to do with it, but I, I'm getting like disgruntled. I know she's running it for free. The girl who runs the site, but it's like, can you just update some more? I really like reading my. <laughs> seeing my conversations in print. I know you're doing your year 12 exams yeah. and everything. <laughs> Can you please transcribe some more? Because you do have a you do have one fan in me. I don't know how many people are subscribing to your Tumblr page, but I am definitely a fan. So keep up the good work. I love everyone who um, like the shit that gets sent to our Facebook page that references stuff that we've we haven't had a chance to go back and talk about. Like for example, um, thanks for all the love when everyone. 
uh, um, I bet Zooey Deschanel must have been rapt to know that, <laughs> that at least when her marriage broke up, there was one part of the internet that was very, very excited by this happening. <laughs> the second thing is the person who sent us the link to the novelty sex toys. Oh, yeah. On that episode when we were talking about the horseplay and I talk, imagined the idea of a butt plug with horse hair coming out of the back of it yeah. to find out that there is such a product, yeah. silver butt plug. I told you there was that product though. I told you that was in the documentary. Yeah, but like this is like a silver oh, $3,000 butt plug. Butt plug. There's a link to to the butt plug if, you yeah. want to, if you're looking for a Christmas I mean, present for that, a friend. That would have to be the most expensive thing you can put up your ass, right? <laughs> well, no, <laughs> when you're smuggling drugs across the border. <laughs> Jay-Z's cock. Jay-Z's cock. <laughs> I'm a businessman. Don't let me do my business, man. Wouldn't it be great? Uh, and tonight on Family Feud, uh, we surveyed 100 people uh, about what the most expensive thing to put up your ass would be. Uh, um, is it Jay-Z's cock? <laughs> oh, no. That was the biggest thing you could put up your ass. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>